Thank you. Next! <laughs> okay. First things first, your exes should be blocked. You know, acknowledging the good things and moving on. We're not about bad vibes here. Are you relationship experts? No. no. <laughs> My pants were wet. <laughs> it ain't even about BDE anymore. It's about thank you, next energy, yeah? Welcome to another episode of Thank You Next. The podcast where we say thank you for the L's we've taken, turn them into lessons so we don't make the same damn mistake again, and send them off with a next. Can I get a next, Hardeep? Next. Goodbye. See you later. So if you didn't know, I'm Raj. And I am Hardeep. And when we're talking about the L's we take in relationships, we are talking about all the relationships in your life like your family you've been stuck with over lockdown, your housemate who randomly stands in the window so you can see his reflection and keeps flexing his muscles in front of them and showing them you and being like, pow, pow. And I'm like, dude, I haven't even noticed. Your neighbors, your new dating app match, basically every relationship in your life. Hadeep, did you join a dating app last week? I've been thinking, okay, I need to get back into the dating game. So yeah, last night, I opened the app store. I put in happen. I looked at the dating apps and then I'll go, I thought, ah, nah, fuck it. <laughs> Closed it and carried on with my day. Happen might be a shout for you though, because it's like, you know, you keep saying there's like lockdown hotties and you bump into lockdown hotties and whatnot. Like you'll probably actually yeah. bump into someone. But I've already expressed to you how I can't get away from certain people. They just keep fucking in coming back in the vicinity and i don't want to create that problem around me i don't want these people to be in the vicinity that's fine how can i go to Lidl if you're going to be there how can i go to sainsbury's i mean that's always been my problem when i was younger because i dated people from my high school therefore they were from my area therefore it's like if i was going tesco they might have been there or if i was going to local corner shop or if i was going to someone's party they would be at someone's party and it's just like no, 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 no. I don't want to see your face, dog. I don't want to date anyone in my vicinity, in my circles, in whatever. Like, I want someone new. Fresh and clean. So fresh and so clean, clean. So now that we've established who we'd like to date, if you'd like to date us, you can DM us. No, you can't. <laughs> Usually on the podcast, we share relationship lessons. Sometimes it's just me and Hardy. Sometimes we're joined by a guest. Today, we are joined by a guest. And she's going to be sharing her relationship lessons with us. And we know that they're going to be proper quality, quality lessons, isn't it? Quality, good quality, man. Mm. She is an award-winning podcaster. If you've heard of a podcast called Brown Girls Do It Too, which you should have because it's like... Kind of big. It's been written about in The Guardian, like... Dolly Alderton's like said it's like one of her podcast picks and and it's award winning. So you'll definitely know her. Her name is Poppy J. And between me and you, since I've met her, she has become a massive girl crush in my life. Like I'm just like whoa. Raj hasn't stopped talking about her, and it's actually it's concerning. <laughs> Hardeep got a bit jealous. Oh my god! Literally last night you were like, oh, I love her. Oh, I love her. And then again this morning, <laughs> I love her. Oh, I'm like, all right. Chill out. I do actually love her. Like, she, I'm just like... I, you know what? I love her as well. She is great. One thing Poppy did do, she chatted about her virginity story on Brown Girls Do It Too, and that will be forever etched into my brain. Raj, have you heard it? No. 
Are you going to tell me? Okay, you need to listen. No, everyone needs to go listen after that. I mean, after they've listened to the entire backlog. All right, give us a little bit of a... Nah, I can't, man. Why is it etched into your brain forever? One time she was chatting about giving head after having some curry or something. But anyway, Poppy takes it there every time, you know? She's not afraid of the details. She's very brave. She's very honest, very sassy. It's what we like. It's not all just about our guests and us. We also want to hear from you. What do you want to say thank you next to? Email us at hi, thank you, next podcast at gmail.com. Tell us about the relationship L's you've taken or if you can relate to anything we have been chatting about, which obviously you can because we chat about loads of stuff. And you can follow us on the socials for extra content at thank you, next pod, just in case you're wondering what any of us look like. I mean, I got trolled on TikTok. We're going to get onto that for how I look kind of a little bit that was nice you gotta ignore these people man they don't it doesn't mean anything it was very it was very nice so uh shit that went down this week obviously i've just mentioned i got trolled on tiktok so me and hardy always tell you guys to check out our tiktok our twitter our insta which you definitely should we haven't posted loads on tiktok but then the other day we posted this clip on tiktok and it's basically me saying oh I asked my ex out once and he said no. Then I asked him out a couple of months later and he said no. Then I asked him out again and he said no. And then Hardeep says, oh, so you wore him down. And she's like, oh, I did that too. And then I was like, yeah, I guess I did wear him down. And that's the clip. And as a joke, we were like, how to find your perfect partner or something along those lines. And um, it's, I think it's pretty clear that we're just taking the piss, right? Anyway, this got put on TikTok and it went, I'd say semi-viral. It got a lot of views. And um, Hardy messaged me and she was like, oh my God, so we blew on TikTok, but don't look at the comments. And I was like, oh, well, I'm going to go and look at the comments now. No, don't look slash reply to the comments is what I said. She was worried that I was going to go to war with these people anyway. So I go on TikTok and there's this clip of me, whatever, and Hardy, and we're talking and blah, blah, blah. And the comments are like, this is sexual abuse. This is assault. This is harassment. This is coercive control and then it's like no means no and then there were like men being like if it was a man doing this you guys would be attacking me right now and then there were people like look at yourself look at you of course this happened look at your like you know all this stuff about what i look like and i was just like wow thanks other than obviously the trolls going for your appearance which i think is just it's low behavior it's just so it's so dumb the worrying thing is that it was kind of like guys kind of justifying their behavior through what we're doing like see like oh it's okay like and, and you say what we do is bad it was it was weird i wasn't raj what was your what was your process with dealing with the trolling i looked at the trolling for a bit and i was like oh my god did i fuck up is this sexual abuse and i was like of course it's not fucking sexual abuse i clearly went and focused on all the comments about my appearance and i was like because obviously i know i've put on weight and stuff and i feel fat and ugly sometimes which happens and my clothes don't fit me my hot girl clothes don't fit me so i'm just like oh my god like i'm a fucking fat troll and now i'm being trolled online and no one thinks i'm pretty um so that lasted about i'd say 40 minutes and then i don't know what happened and i was all right and i messaged hardy and i was like i'm all right now but it did get to me and i've got quite a thick skin i would say but it still did get to me for a bit. Yeah. I just remember Kalechi said something about if they've not got the confidence to even put their own face or their real name or have a legit profile, and then they're they're obviously coming from a place of shame. I can't remember where she said this. I don't know if she said it in our podcast or she said it on her own social media. So this person hasn't got the confidence and are already so shameful about themselves. They can't even admit who they are, say who they are with their chest. And we're putting ourselves out there 
then user four, five, six, eight, nine, nine, how am I going to take what they're saying to heart when they haven't even got the confidence to, or they've got so much shame about who they are, they can't even admit who they are. So why, why would you take that? And also what kind of person is going to go online and say mean things about someone else, not someone who is very nice or cares about themselves or loves themselves. So you wouldn't put that, you'd never do that. It ruined TikTok for me for a minute because TikTok is a daily thing in my life. Like most of my hours on my phone are spent on TikTok, but it's fine. I'm over it. If you want to troll me again, come at me, bruh. It's fine. On on a lighter note, Raj, I've got a video for you. Raj reckons, she thinks, yeah, if a video gets served to you, it's for you. You know, you get those videos. If you're seeing this video, it's for you. Yeah. And I, I think it's the algorithm. I just think, you know what? TikTok tarot, I believe. Someone throws 10 videos out there, you might get one. So what? Chance. Sometimes it's so specific. How can it be that specific? It's not possible. All right. So I got served this video. Is this video fact? If you're watching this video, it's because your ads misses you. But there's to try to message you first. So you should reach out. What did he say? Reach out. He said... If you're watching this video, it's because your ex misses you, but they're too shy to message you first. So you should reach out. Raj, I got service video. What does it mean? I don't know which one of your exes this is referring to, but it might be the doctor. Get lost, you little dickhead. Hey, <laughs> yeah, that shut her up. That shut her up, everyone. That shut her up, everybody. So you're going to message him, babe? No, I'm not. <laughs> if you got served this video, which I hope you do, you're going to do it. I never get served stuff about contacting an ex. I never get that. We'll see. I swear, I never get that stuff. And that's why I believe it because I'm like, other people get that sort of stuff. But the stuff I get is so, I feel like it's so specific to me. If you got served a video like that, would you be like, yeah, it's for me. I'm going to contact my ex. Are you mad? No. Just wondering. I don't take any actions based on what, what they're saying. And yeah. Interesting. Interesting. I just enjoy it. And I just be like, like last night I was talking to Poppy yeah, and I was like, go, I'm going to go now and get on TikTok because that's what single people do at night. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and I'm just going to check to see if, if my crush fancies me back because TikTok Tara is going to tell me. What did she say? I don't know. She thinks I'm funny. She thinks I should start a stand up career. Fuck, there you go, mate. There you go. <gasps> Shut up, man. Shut up. I have something else for you. Yeah. Who's Matt Kama? Matt Kama or Karma, I don't know. He's on TikTok. Massive relationship guy. We tried we tried to get him on the podcast. Are we getting him are we getting him on the podcast? What's going on? I've tried. Does he air you? So far it's been air, but we'll see what happens. So he put a quote of a question, which I'm gonna ask you. Okay. What is your favorite non sexual act of intimacy? Oh it's probably cuddling, just cuddling. I love a cuddle. I even like a handhold. I like to feel a guy's biceps. You should hang out with my housemate. He fucking no, loves I don't, it. No, no, no. Not like, no, I'm not on those vibes. Why? I like... He loves his body so much. I don't like guys like that that are all like, yeah, look at me. Look at my fucking biceps. Look at me. I like a low-key guy. And yeah, I like a low-key guy. Like a, You know that song? A shy guy, a shy guy. You sang you it like last episode, no? No, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. But that's that's my vibe. I don't like these. I'm not. No, never. Not. I'm not for a poser. Not me. Hmm. I like intimate moments. Just moments that are me and that person. It could even just be us looking at each other and sharing a smile. It's just cute. Like I'm quite cute like that. I just like. What's your favorite? My favorite is a spoon. I love a spoon. Mm. A cuddle. Obviously, they're too bait though. I like I like silence as well. Comfortable silence, very important. Anyone that's watched Pulp Fiction will know that it's a very important thing. Or doing an activity together. 
I've said it before when they'll piece the information together and be like, oh, this is for you. Like, oh, you'd like this. And it's like, oh, wow. Or, oh, I love that. I love it when people do that. The other thing that I really like, and it's quite, I think it is quite personal, is me being in my car or me being in their car and me being comfortable enough to sing along to all the songs because I know every song on the radio. And it's just like, yeah, if I'm not singing along and you're in the car with me, it means that me and you ain't on the level. Really interesting. Yeah. I sing in front of you all the time and that's only because I'm comfortable. It's what I do when I'm happy. Yeah. You've got to be really not comfortable though, innit, to not sing with someone. I don't know, yeah. Like early stages or something. You know what? I was watching this film this week and it was... It's called What's Your Number? And the whole concept of the film, it's quite an old film. So it's got Anna Faris in it. And I think it's, is it Chris? Captain America's in it, yeah? And it's about what, how many people you've slept with. It's about your numbers. And this girl, she's read an article on Cosmo or something like that. And it's like, women who sleep with more than 20 partners, they find it hard to settle down and find a husband because they've slept with so many people or whatever. I don't know the logic behind it. Wait, is that what we find it hard, Jake? Lol. Ha 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 we even get into our numbers? Ha 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 They're extremely low, if anyone's wondering. She thinks that she slept with, with 20 people, so she decides to find a guy to track down all of her exes, and she tries to reconnect with all of her exes because she's obsessed with not becoming the statistic and going over 20. Right. Then she meets, obviously, Captain America, and he's all like, well, any guy that would judge you based on the number of men you've slept with is not the, a guy that you should be with and blah, 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 blah. And the whole movie, the whole storyline, where the story goes is about her realising that she has to be able to be herself with whoever she's with. And she realises that with everyone that she's been with, she's been putting on an act. Mm. It was just such a beautiful message at the end of the movie. And I was just like, yeah, like that's that's a beautiful thing. Like to just be able to be yourself fully, whether it is singing in a car or farting in front of someone. It's just important. I've never I've never farted in front of no one. Oh my God, Hardy. That's like a new level. I'm pretty sure Poppy's farted in front of someone. Yeah, Poppy definitely does. She don't give a fuck. There's tier one farting, tier two farting and tier three farting. Like tier three, <laughs> tier three is like literally kill me now. I'm so embarrassed. How the fuck? How do I get out of this? Tier one is like on the regs. So I fart in front of my partner all the time because basically I think I'm a closet IBS slash Crohn's disease sufferer. Like I... I've got some shit going on, basically. And I'm quite a gassy person, sadly. And I often tell my partner, I say partner, I've been with him for a decade. You know what I mean? So I feel like partner's warranted, whereas boyfriend is like, it's like a bitch on the side kind of thing. I often say to him, I've trained you. I, I'm like, I can't leave you because I've trained you to be used to the farts. And if I leave you, I have to train someone else. And that's long. How did you do the training? What's the training consist of? Well, when we moved in together, I kept it all in for two weeks. And I was seriously thinking about breaking up with him because I was like, I can't do this. And then I was like, fuck this. And then I just farted freely. And every time I fart, he's like, we can't have sex. So we never have sex. What? (laughs) I mean, I'm half joking, but I'm also half not joking. Women are already so fucked from everything. All right. Waxing. Pain, the patriarchy, the misogyny, other women fucking them over. I'm like, I refuse to have, like farting is such a natural part of human biology. And I refuse to like hide another part of me for your benefit. So I fart freely and openly. A hundred percent. I respect that. But I don't want anyone else farting near me. Thank you. So in case you didn't know, that was Poppy J. 
talking about farting. Welcome to the podcast. You know, you guys, you've got me really, you, you sent me down a bit of a spiral, like a therapy spiral. I'm not joking. because Really? I, yeah, because you made me realize how much I don't critically analyze myself, my relationships, my life. I feel like I, I obviously do, but I don't. Do you know what I mean? And, it, and I'm just like sitting there at the end of my bed. I was like, who, what have I learned in life? Who am I? I, was, I had a, like, a bit of an existential crisis this morning, but it's all right. Oh. No, but you guys really got me thinking. Honestly, you really you know, made me dig deep, I think, actually. yeah. That's interesting because when me and Raj started this podcast, I got in touch with, can we call them an ex? Who knows? And I was like, tell me something that you've learned from me. And they said to me that they don't know. And I was like, well, have a think about it, mate. I've given them months and I mean, I've not heard back from, I think it's been over six months. But anyway, and then... um. They said, I don't do that and none of my friends do that. If I asked anyone I knew, they wouldn't be able to tell me something positive that they've taken or something like that. Or they haven't, the people don't think about this stuff, which I thought was interesting. Right, moving on. Bobby, before we get into the, uh, before we get into our lessons, we wanted to ask you a little bit about group chat. Oh yeah. Tell us what group chat is about because you obviously present it. So I present group chat on the BBC Asian Network Wednesdays and Thursdays and my lovely, I can't really call, call him a co-host because he does Mondays and Tuesdays, but Mbeen Azhar does Mondays, Tuesdays. And the whole ethos of group chat is we want it to mimic the kind of group chats that people have in their actual group chats on their phones. And it's sort of late night chat, unfiltered, those classic fucking bullshit buzzwords, unfiltered, uncensored, the truth, real is fine, you know, it's all those conversations. Real talk. Real talk. <laughs> I love that. Real talk. <laughs> we say the things that you're too afraid to say. I mean, all those words and more. It is true though. That is what you do. What I love about the show is the remit is there is no remit. We talk about anything and everything. So Mabin did one group chat about the 1984 seat massacre. I did a group chat about fucking 99 problems with Desi hair. And we go from pretty much anything that's in the news, but we give it a different angle, different treatment, get different guests, consider a different point of view. And we just want to have fun with it as well. Like it's not preachy or pontificating. It's not, you know, we don't take ourselves seriously. And that's the kind of philosophy behind it, really. And then obviously you host Brown Girls Do It Too as well which has got so much fucking press. It was kind of controversial, wasn't it? A little bit edgy for brown yeah. content and that and that. Totally, totally edgy. Yeah. Totally, totally edgy. Totally edgy. Listen, take it back to the beginning. How did you get that gig? So you know how obviously we all work in the media and you know how you're like hustling, hustling, like you're pitching ideas, doesn't get made, doesn't get commissioned. They think about someone else. They don't want you. This was completely the opposite. I just got called. Cool. Oh, you know what I mean? I just literally got called out of the blue by Rayhan, the lovely producer from the show. And he's like, look, we're pitching something and it's about brown women and sex. And your name came in the mix because you're, you know, opinionated and you talk and you're, you know, you're not really, you don't seem afraid. And I was like, and, and I'm not going to lie, that first phone call, I was just like, oh. And at the time I was a respected current affairs news journalist you know what I mean like you know it's all of that shit right so I was like oh god will they marry will the two work you know hence the two different pseudonyms right keeping my directing tv work and sex chat separate and initially I was like ew, ew, ew. and then he called me again and then I was like oh fuck it I was just just let's just go for it right so um the most boring story in terms of how it worked I literally got a call and it's never happened to this day, by the way. I don't, I don't just get called for like cool things. I have to work, pitch, hustle, beg, work for, you know how it is in our industry, right? So it was completely the opposite. And then I met the two other co-hosts who I love in a BBC canteen, 
Next, we met in the pub, and the third time we were talking about our vaginas recording. So, and and uh, honestly, like it, again, talking about like other brown women scoping up other brown women, it was completely the opposite. We raised each other, we built each other, we trusted each other. You know, we were very fearless. And it, the God's honest truth, if I'm going to be completely honest, we thought no fucker would listen to it. No. Uh, yeah. no 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 no. honestly we did well honest honest to god because we all had day jobs yeah we all had full-time jobs we were all insanely busy i was working on a series called 24 hours in police custody for channel 4 i looked like shit i turned up mostly like completely burnt out if i'm going to be completely honest because i was working 20 hour days every fucking day and there was a moment where i sort of held back a bit and then i remember rubina looking me in the eye and she's like no if we're gonna do this we're gonna do this fucking properly 100 like, percent. yeah you, you know let's fucking blow the doors off and these are rubina's quotes they're not mine she's like we're gonna, if we're gonna do this let's just oversteer and let's just blow the doors off this fucking thing yeah and that's exactly what we did and honest to god this is 2019 september 2019 not 2018 that last sixth episode we were like all right then see you guys later probably see you once a year reminisce about that one time we did that podcast honest to god that's how we thought i was leaving that friendship you know fast forward a year later we've been nominated in our in the sex category and then we win overall best prize like what the fuck and then um it, it's been a bit bittersweet though because um i sometimes often think and the other girls what our success could have been if we had not been in a pandemic because you need to remember we won in a pandemic so obviously we couldn't go to an award ceremony we couldn't network I couldn't eat all the free burgers, all the free food, which is basically why I'm there. It could have been, you know, you sort of think about the what if scenarios and it would have been different. But I mean, look, we'll milk any success we get. Do you know what I mean? And I like that about you, that you've said that to me a few times. You don't give a shit about milking gear. And why should we be shy about it? Because a lot of the time I think women are and especially brown women. There's no time to be shy. We've got no time to be shy. We need to we need to move. We need to start milking. We need to start. Yeah. There's no, there's, we ain't we ain't got time for that. hundred percent. You guys like cover so many different subjects. What's been like the most difficult one for you to cover? The difficult one that was quite emotional actually, because Rubino and I sort of caught each other in the studio and had a moment. I think we probably, oh, I don't know. I think our eyes were glazed over and we probably would have cried if we'd continued looking at each other. Is um, so obviously we both are are seen as race traitors because we both are with white guys. White guys. <laughs> Yeah, who likes white guys? White <laughs> oh, guys. And it was we were talking. We were talking about the morning. Our mums, especially because my mum speaks no English, and she's never going to have that. You know, if I'd brought a Bengali guy home, been there, done that. You know, we marry a family, right? You know, beta and mum, and you call you know you call your mother-in-law mum and all that shit. Like she, she's just never going to. And we were sort of grieving it because there's so much of our identity and our culture we will never be able to get because we are with white guys. And there's so much we've grieved and there's so much we've lost because of that. There's also a lot that we've like benefited from and we've been enriched by, you know, there's pros and cons. You, you win some, you lose some. But it's like my mum's never going to be able to talk to him like her own son. And that was a moment and that was difficult for us. And then, you know, just the, the race traitor stuff. It spawned an interesting debate online. There were so many comments that race traitor stuff. What happened? I, I, I don't know about this. Obviously, all podcasts are now visual. So they clip, BBC Sounds clip this moment in the podcast where Rubina and I talk about being called coconuts and being called race traitors. And they shared that on BBC Sounds social. Oh, I saw that clip. I loved that clip. Yeah. And then, and then just the conversation, just the comments, basically, that were popping off. Also, we get so many trolls. We get so many trolls. It's insane. I'm okay with the trolls. I mean, I find them really funny. Um, and they don't affect me at all because if you've met my parents you fucking know like I've got crocodile fucking skin mate but I think it did affect the other girls a bit but it really just spawned us to do 
more of it because the women sliding into our DMs. Yeah, when I saw that post, the comments I was seeing was like, oh my God, you're saying what I'm thinking, et cetera, et cetera. I didn't see the bad comments on that one. Yeah, it's because they, they're sliding into our DMs and what tends to happen is people clip things. So I've talked about Angel Hank. Worst way for my sisters to find out. My sisters stopped talking to me, by the way, because I was on this podcast for a year. But they're now on the podcast. They're in the first episode. So they've gone through the biggest journey ever, et cetera, et cetera. But it's it's when they click something and then they share it on other Instagram Desi pages. Yeah, the meme pages. Yeah, so this this happened to me. So I went on Brangles Do It Too and spoke about... What did I speak about again? We spoke about sex. Yeah, one of the videos did get picked up by like a name and shame page kind of thing. And I think that's the bit that there's people in society that, and they're all brown men, first of all, like who think, older brown men, that think they can police our behavior and what we can do. And I was really upset. Like Raj knows I was really upset. You know, I did say, because we got asked, do you want us to take the video down? I was like, no, the video, like I've gone and had this conversation, you know, I care about what I've said. And I think it stands for something. And I'm not letting old Asian men police me and what I say. But when the name and the shame thing is real, and I've had it before when I first started doing YouTube and stuff, it's horrible that people use people as a spectacle. And I mean, white people do it too. I remember those uh, spotted in Birmingham Uni, spotted in Manchester Uni accounts that were big on Facebook like 10 years ago. But they've like stopped. They've died a death. But we, I feel like now in the uk we kind of accept that okay we don't do that we don't make a spectacle of people on these pages but i think brown people have got a long way to go how do you deal with that stuff as well you think talking about something like something as innocent and normal as sex and relationships would be fine but then it's like you get attacked then we're having to deal with it from our end like when is the right time to message we don't want to overwhelm her and da, 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 da. and it's like god we need to start thinking about these things when we start booking guests like they might get trolled, they might get attacked, they might get criticised. And you know what was so hard? It was so hard to book guests for series two. It was hard to book people who would talk about sex as openly as you did, as openly as we did. And that really surprised me. And so that was quite um, difficult to, to manage. But um, going back to your question, it's easy for me to say, right? Because I know trolls affect people. They did not affect me. What broke my heart is when my sister stopped talking to me. Because I don't know the trolls. They don't, I have no idea who you are. So why? On a, and, and you need to remember, we come from a community that is constantly like, what will people say? What will people say? Which means, what will people say in Bengali? I've had that rammed down my throat from day dot. So really, it's had the opposite effect on me in that I couldn't give a fucking shit what people say. What I do care about is friends, family, colleagues, people I know. People I've invested in a relationship with a friendship with people who I care about I want these people to like me to respect me for me it was very easy to not pay any attention to the trolls and trolls are funny they're hilarious man I fucking borrow their classes they're very good on you know I wonder what they got for their GCSE English exam because they could be absolutely lulled but I fully appreciate that it that it affects people and my only advice is if you are putting out controversial content which isn't what we're doing is not controversial, you know, technically it's not controversial at all. We're just talking about sex and relationships. But if you are putting out controversial content, then be wary of the fact that you will get trolled. Be ready for it. Expect it. And the moment you feel like, actually, this is affecting my mental health, this is affecting how I feel, then then stop, put it on pause. Put, put your podcast, put what you're putting out there on pause, recalibrate and then come back to it and have a network of people and friends to help you who completely believe in you. How did you and your sister come back together? They listened to the podcast and they were like, this is really funny. And then one of my sisters, was she had too much pride to come back to me and apologise. But she did eventually. 
and that's how they kind of they were like we'll agree to disagree I would never put my sex life out there which I totally appreciate and and respect but they're like we understand this was almost like a public service like honestly ladies it was shocking how many girls had messaged us to say like you, you made us feel less alone you made us feel less shameful I wish we had something like this when I was 16 or I think my validation came from if I had one girl messaging me to say, I can look my husband in the eye now and my sex life is better because we're talking about it because of you, I'm like, mic drop, my work's done. One girl, that my work's done. A hundred percent. I think it's mad that it took this long for you guys to come along and create that and that it was you guys that did it. Like when British Asians had a moment, didn't they? Like a little, well, a long time ago, back when Goodness Gracious Me was on and everyone was like, it's the brown, like, I don't know, it's brown town, whatever. Like they're taking over, what. But that just went. After Goodness Gracious Me happened, that just disappeared. It just disappeared, didn't then, it? Then like Jay Sean, Juggy D came through and there was a bit of, little bit of like, oh, Indian flavours coming to music. What? Then they disappeared. Like, And then when they went to, when they went to America, they all just fuck off to America because that's where the opportunities are, right? Yeah, that's it. And then you even look at the kind of the scene right now, it's all male comedians, right? It's Tez Ilias, it's yeah. Gus Khan, it's Nish Kumar, it's... Um, Jabari G, you like? Yeah. Where are the women doing bits? Like, where are the ladies? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know, I know you have seen, I know you have seen Duvi, but like she and Suk Ojla, but I feel like the men have much more of an amplified platform. A hundred percent. They're not given BBC free shows or whatever else. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, there's a lot of work to be done when it comes to brown females being out there and being seen. Well, you two are doing it. I freaking love your podcast. Honestly, it's like overhearing a conversation at a girls' club toilet. You know what I mean? It's like, or like, you know, when you're like in a queue and you can overhear two girls really get into something and you're like, oh, how can I angle in? Let me just try and get their eye contact. I'm here. I'm here. Yeah. You're here. You're here. You're here. And this is bringing us like very neatly into what you want to say thank you next to this week. I want to say thank you next to society making me feel old, even though I'm not old. Look at me. You're not old. What the fuck? It's, a, it's an omnipresent pop culture moment, okay? Have you guys watched Miss Americana on uh, on Netflix? The yeah, Taylor, Taylor Swift. Swift. Okay, yeah. So there's, there's a scene in it. You know Taylor Swift is only two years younger than me. She's 33 or 34. She's, I, I, thought, I thought she was younger, but she's... I thought she's so young. Do you know what I mean? I thought she's in her 20s, but she's not. I don't want to do that weird subversive age thing with her, but you know what I'm trying to say, right? So she's in... She's, there's a scene in the, in the documentary, Hardy, where she's like, the industry... I'm not going to do the accent. She's like, the industry makes women over 30 feel old like they're cancelled they're done the, the music industry the music industry is what she was saying i've never heard a man go oh i'm gonna hit 30 30 this 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 i only hear women say it and i have never felt in my life than at the age that i am now where i'm made to feel old or i've gone past my sell-by date or i'm not quite right for this and i'm not quite right for that and and it's and it's not just our industry it's society it's it's society telling me that i need to have children or be married or follow this this pathway that's set out by society. Is there a particular incident that's spurred this? It's ongoing. It's kind of um, work opportunities, I think, dry up the moment people are like, oh, you're above 30. They do. You know, I was saying this to Raj yesterday. Like, I was saying to her, my soul age is 27, and she was saying her soul age is 21, even though we're in our 30s. Yeah. And it's just it's just little things. Like, I was in a coffee shop the other day, and I was talking about, like, caning it, and the guy is like, you're a bit old for that. You're a bit past that. And I'm like, fuck you. You know what I mean? Like, people don't say that to men, do they? We're just like, oh, yeah, he does that. You never, you know, you just flip the script. You just never say it to men. So I just feel, I'm, I, I suppose what I'm saying is I feel a bit sorry for myself and feeling sorry for women in their 30s who feel like me. And like Raj, maybe like we feel young in ourselves. 
No, I feel exactly the same as you. And I kind of touched on it in a previous episode where I was just kind of like, you know, there has been work opportunities that have just gone to shit because people have written me off as being too old. And what makes me even madder about it, yeah, is that there work opportunities that are not based on my looks. It's my voice. It's just me talking into a fucking mic. It's radio opportunities, yeah? I think, are you guys fucking mad? Like, I'm not there to like look pretty and be wrinkleless. Also, A, I am fucking pretty. Exactly. B, I am wrinkleless. Exactly. So fuck you. My skincare regime is on fucking point. Yeah, Raj was doing a gua sha to, to me last night on the phone. What we're trying to do is got nothing to do with our age. Yeah. And I was talking to you about this last night as well. And it was just like, you know, mentally we're very young. And yeah. like, but it's like the benefit of us having age is us having experience and knowing how to discuss those topics, whether they be light or dark in a manner where your audience can relate to it. And you know, you can trust us to do it. Yeah. And why are people not seeing that? And what makes me laugh is that the fashion industry, which is an industry we all fucking cast and like, we're all like, uh, Anna Winter, Miranda Priestley, uh, uh, uh. But they're trying so hard to be inclusive of older women. They're sending older women with white hair down the runway. Yeah. They're putting like Dame Judi Dench on the cover of Vogue and things like that. And that is a, an industry that is about how you look. That is just all about that. And it's like the industries where that shit really shouldn't matter, they're holding you back. And I'm just like, what the fuck is wrong with y'all? We have such an unhealthy obsession with youth. I mean, Raj and I are the same age. We're in that sort of nether region where you're like, you're a bit old for BBC Three and you're a bit young for BBC Two. So you're just like, all right, cool. I'm just going to fucking wait till I get fucking old so I can get jobs. <laughs> it is interesting because we're living longer and we're trying to cure so many more like diseases as research whatever all the time so i don't understand why those first 20 30 years are still so important if we're living so long like we're living longer we're having children later look at look at right you're hardy you're obviously in your 20s yeah i'm 29 29 okay well i mean look look at look at all three of us look at us look at us my mum at 30, my age, 35, did not, you know, she looked like a weathered woman, sadly, because of her life experiences, right? I love you, mum. You still look beautiful. But you just, you're just, it's a different time. I don't know. I just feel very, very frustrated. Really, really frustrated in a way I never, obviously, when I was young, it didn't, wasn't a fucking problem. And now I'm like, at 35, I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Um, so I want to say thank you next to age making me feel old, even though I am young at heart. I feel, yeah. I wanted to share a story with you guys about this because I know we're saying like it's, it's about women and stuff, but there's actually a male broadcaster and I remember being somewhere where male broadcasters work and it was the first time I saw him with white stubble and I was like, oh my God, you look so good. Wow. I didn't know that you had white stubble. You look distinct. You look like George Clooney. Wow. And he was just like, yeah, I haven't put my black mascara on it yet. And I was like, oh, is that what you do? Why do you do that? Like, it looks so good. You look so hot. And he was just like, I don't want people saying I'm too old for me to be doing my job. And I was like, what? How? And if a guy's thinking that and feeling that, you can imagine the pressure on a woman. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And this, this guy exactly. wasn't like a newbie. Like he's like, you know, up there. And I was just like, wow, like how the fuck are people making you feel like that when you've earned your place in this industry? Like you've earned your place as this legend type person. Thank you. Next. So if you guys want to say thank you next to something, make sure you DM us at thank you next pod or email us at hi thank you next podcast at gmail.com. So let's get on to your lessons now, Poppy. So this is lesson one. So one taught me. Your happiness is key. And it's something that I realized in my mid twenties because I'm the eldest of six. Uh, much like the man in Bridgerton, 
you know, my sisters are meant to follow in my footsteps. I had all that shit placed on me. And I just always was chasing what my family wanted and not what I wanted. And I went into a bad marriage and got divorced. And and I realized sort of later in my in my late twenties, early thirties, I know it's easier said than done. And I you know, people might be listening to this thinking, well, you know, it's easy for you. It was fucking hard. It's fucking hard to fight for my own happiness. It's really hard to believe in myself, really hard to stand up for myself, and it's a work in progress. And I think ultimately you can live for your mum and you can live for your dad and you can and you can live for the, your community, but really you have to live for yourself because you all you've got. Uh, and I know that sounds individualistic, and I don't mean it to sound individualistic, but like I have to really fight for me, uh, and I'm not giving it up. I'm just not. So ha- your happiness is paramount. Was there a point where you were just like, I've had enough? Yeah, 25. Divorce came through and uh, my self-esteem absolutely plummeted. I had no confidence, didn't think I'd be loved. And I think from that moment on, I thought I've lost everything now. I've lost all my sense of shame, lost my sense of shame, got divorced. I was a fucking good kid as well, man. I never had a boyfriend. I didn't have sex. I was a virgin when I got married. I did all the things that I was meant to do from a good girl. Uh, And then I thought, well, I've hit rock bottom now. There's nowhere else but up. So fuck it. So that was a very crystallized moment for me where I was like, I am going to do me. JK Rowling, I know, obviously, she was cancelled. She's made a quote about this, something like, rock bottom is the perfect... Oh, I can't remember what it is now. Rock bottom is where you start, in it. It's, it's a great... It's a good canvas. It's a good canvas, because you literally have nowhere to go. Yeah. So it's, it's great. Rock bottom is very, very important. But I was going to say, like, going back to, you know, your parents and stuff, it's really important, I think. We know when people are going through stuff like this to try and understand, where do your parents get those ideas from and stuff? Do you know what I mean? Because people don't look at it that deep. Like, why are my mum and dad trying to get me married to this person or thinking that I should have a job by this age and this by that age and a baby by this age and blah, 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 blah. Like, they're just reflecting whatever shit was put on them. Yeah, they just they just had it on them. And it's so multifaceted. It's like, those were their valid experiences. It's society. Religion, I think, plays a part. Culture plays a part. It's all they know, right? And... Suddenly you have the South Asian diaspora living in the UK. I mean, they're in this weird purgatory world where they sort of came from Bangladesh, India, Pakistan, when they were in their teens, whereas we were born here. So this is the only culture and life we know, whereas they've had probably a taste of both. I mean, it's difficult, but I think I think what continues to cripple our community is the what will people say mantra, right? We, we constantly live by the values of other people and not, not the values we teach ourselves. So a, a friend of mine, She's got this arrow analogy, which she may have borrowed from the internet. I don't know. I don't really care. But the point is, the parents are the bow and you're the arrow. Like, non-Asian parents want their their arrow to go as far as possible, i.e. symbolic of a child achieving as much greatness as they can. (laughs) Whereas Asian parents want the fucking arrow to fall at their feet (laughs) because they just want the kid to do everything they want them to do. So, And I often tell my mum, surely you should be happy when I'm happy and she just does not understand that concept she's getting it now but it's taken her so what does she say when you say that like how does it go her whole philosophy is I brought you to this world you need to make me happy like I I I cooked and clean and fed for you and it's a very sacrificing theology we have like I did all this shit for you so therefore you should listen to me and do what I ask you to do it's so crazy yeah because I've never experienced that with my family like I just haven't like they've never put pressure on me to get married yeah, to yeah, like yeah, yeah. I don't know they, they put pressure on me to go to university I think that was the one thing that they really wanted me to do but yeah I didn't know that this is how the Asian community rolled because I think it's just people that we associate with like my my family don't talk to other members of our family so it's like we all associate with like 
the outcast people. So we're all the same. We're all like, oh, you do whatever you want to do, man. And you be happy and all of that. And then um, with my ex, when I met his family and I saw how that setup was, it was just like, wow, you guys are just another species like i don't were, was there set up like us like they were very they would pretend that they were modern ah. and that everything was cool them and blah, ones blah, blah. they're the dangerous mm. ones yeah. they were dangerous because like when i first met them i was like yeah you guys are like us mm. Woo! yeah but then later on down the line i was just like oh wow you guys are just pretending to be modern but really but so they were quite conservative as fuck then conservative as fuck women should not be seen speaking women should just be pretty and look good and be on the arm of the man that must have been a struggle for someone like you then to be able to to have to assimilate it was wild i just didn't understand because my ex would be like they're not like that no 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 and then one minute he'd be like no they're dickheads and the next minute he'd be like no they're my parents i love them i touch their feet and what other things made you go oh what other things made you regress back into your little hole like he just would be a different person in front of them like they were very he had a weird relationship with his mom. What I think is really good that you were saying that you've looked at the way your mom is and the way you are and you're coming to a pace of like understanding. This thing about moms, we need to do some research on this. Like we need to get to the bottom. How? We- well, one of, one, one of my thank you next was mummy's boys, but I know, I know you've already, clearly it's popular because women are covering the month, the weakest fact mummy's boys. But with my ex-husband, it was very much that, like very Jekyll and Hyde, you know, one 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 face oh my god i used to call him dr jekyll and dr hyde literally i was like i don't know who i'm coming home to today is it jekyll or hyde uh yeah severe mood swings as well personality disorder vibes i just didn't get it yeah oh my god it's just mad and i'm just like i don't know i I tried to understand it i tried to do research into it and the only thing i could find is that he's a narcissist and he's got that narcissism he's learned it from his parent and i think the parent was his mum because you often learn, it's all learnt behavior and stuff like that. And narcissism tends to be passed down. But the problem with narcissism is that according to a lot of experts, it's not curable. I'm going to troll to shit for this. In my lifetime, if I could fucking ban living with mother-in-laws, I will. There's nothing Islamic about it. I thought it was a Muslim thing. Mate, there's nothing in the Quran that says, and also Sikhs do it, Hindus do it. They all, it's a very Indian, it's a very Indian. And this is where that whole thing of like, you know, a lot of brown women have that thing of, I don't want to be go near a brown boy. I don't want to go near a brown boy. And it comes from this shit. Like when you have experiences like that. Well, this is exactly why I'm, I, I, I'm not going to go near a brown boy because of that. Because of my, I married a fucking brown boy. I married my fucking cousin and it was fucking awful. It was like the worst experience of my life. Do you think that's it then? The rest of your life? I mean, never say never do you know what I mean mm. hello Rizama joking um honestly this is why we get race traitors right because it's like when you're ready to pop the question the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring at blue you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online choose your diamond and setting when you found the one you'll get it delivered right to your door Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
You don't even want me. Your mother will say, make the fucking tea. And I'll be like, well, you know where the fucking kitchen is. Your mum will be like, what time did you come home? And I'll be like, well, I went out. I had, a, I had a fucking hard day at work. I went out with my mates. I had a curfew with my husband. I had to come home at 12. Oh, wow. And I think that's probably one of the reasons. If, I'm, if I'd met an Asian guy who was just like, yeah, my mum's cool. We're not going to live with her. I'd be like, cool. But I don't, I don't meet them. Yeah. I don't meet them. Well, you're in a relationship, so you're not going to meet them now. <laughs> Yes, this is true. Yeah, 100%, 100%. So, Poppy, we've covered a lot. So what are you saying thank you next to? So I I am saying thank you next to what the community will say, what family will say, what mother-in-laws will say. (laughs) Thank you next. So we're going to get into your second lesson. So one taught me... Shaming women can go in the bin, frankly. I'm, I'm done with it. We're all done with it. We're bored. Fuck you, next. Uh, shaming women about what? Body shaming, hair, mother-in-laws, what time to come home, what to dress, how to look, not getting jobs because we're too old, having shame in our vaginas, and, and, and all this fucking shit. I'm just tired of it. And shame, by the way, is, 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 is a currency. It's a currency to control women. So I asked my dad one day, he's just like, he's obsessed with me coming home on time, right? Obviously I had a curfew with him, but I expect it because he's my dad and he's from a different generation. Not that that should be excused. I was like, why do you care? And basically, from my mum and dad, it it came out, they were scared of two things, that I was shagging around and that I was going to get raped. This concept of shaming shaming women, which I think is is alive and well in the Asian community, that shit's not going away, okay? It all connects with what people will say. And I feel feel that more in our community than maybe the black community, the white community. You know what I mean? Like this this concept of shame and honour and reputation... It's, it's always in our vaginas, it's in our bodies. You cannot win. And, and I know times are changing, but changing in what group? Yeah, in the influencer culture group, in the young, in young people's group. It's not changing in my fucking mum generation and on the auntie and uncle generation. You know, my sister works for a train company and she was talking to this Bengali guy and immediately, it's kind of funny, but not. He just like felt compelled to tell her within 30 seconds of meeting her, what is wrong with her? Why isn't she married? I mean, it's just like, are you fucking serious? And then she's sending me a, a live commentary in WhatsApp. She's like, he's after you now. He wants your fucking number. He's just found out you're single as well. Obviously, I'm, I'm, I'm not. He, she, she lied and said I was single. I want to say thank you next to shaming women. I want to bury it. I want to burn it. I want to just put it in a compost so the worms can get it. Because I am so fucking tired of having these conversations still. You know, and that's and I, and I sometimes think everything is about sex. Someone else said this. God, I'm really borrowing. Good. Someone said everything is about sex, and then sex is about power and control. And I think you know, you never get a guy. You never get anyone saying to a guy, "Oh, you you wouldn't get your the mother-in-law calling up a son saying, "Where are you home, but Where are you home, but I used to get 16 missed calls from my ex-husband, like, "Where are you? Where are you? Where are you?" I'd have to get I'd get a panic attack around 11 o'clock. 11 p.m. Not a panic attack, but the anxiety would set in because all my mates would get to the fucking bar at 11. Do you know what I mean? They're all late Ben Johns, and they're not Ben Johns, but you know what I mean. I'm also, I'm also, I'm also horrible with my timekeeping. And so I had, a, I'd had an, I'd have an hour. You know, I'd have an hour with them, and then I'd have to go home, and then he'd be like, "Where were you?" And like, I'm like, "I'm sorry, but am I in a relationship with my dad?" So I really just want to say thank you next to shaming women because I'm done with it and I just don't care anymore. And you can't shame me. I'm a proud bitch. I feel like you've reached the, you've gone past the point of giving a fuck and, you know, why should you? But it's also just that thing, isn't it? That no matter what situation you're in or who you're with, you should be allowed to authentically just be yourself. And it baffles me when people bring, like, let's say, okay, our parents who've come from different countries or whatever, like, 
my parents are so not like this, but you know, other people's parents, I get it. Like they've come from those countries and then they bring us here because they want better for us. And they want, they want us to have education and they want us to have a better life than they did. And they don't want us to experience, I, I'm presuming that shame, right? Surely that shame should go as well. But for some reason, they've carried that shame with them. And they're like, they're like, go to school here, have that education, speak English, mingle with whoever, do whatever you fucking want, but you better keep the shame. And it's like, why is that like this thing that no one's getting rid of? And you know, Beyonce spoke about generational trauma and all of that stuff. Like, and it's just like, yeah, this is the sort of shit we need to be getting rid of. And the only way we are gonna get rid of it is by openly talking about it to our parents, to the uncle and aunties, like shutting them up, walking away from those situations like you did. And obviously having really honest and open conversations wherever we can. And that's why, you know, your podcast is a very important, is a very important piece of work, isn't it really? Because you are having these kind of conversations. You are breaking those, shattering those glass ceilings and being like, this is who the fuck we are. And we can talk about this. Absolutely. And I think it's just it's just normalizing it. It's creating a safe space. Ugh, again, I don't want to mock it, but it is creating it's creating a safe space for these women to be able to say, look, I fully know we're not everyone's cup of tea. I'm not expecting everyone to like us. But what we do want to do is if we fuck things up and go too far. And again, I'm borrowing this quote from Rabina, so thank you, Rabina. She says this all the time, and she says it so eloquently and, and, and much better than I will. She says, we oversteer because we want to blow the doors open. And hopefully for the next generation, or, or the girls, you know, eight years, nine years, a decade younger than us, they can find a happy medium. 100%. But right now, it just doesn't, it doesn't exist. I think what just blew my mind is that we had so many women saying, I, I, was, I felt so ashamed. The way you talk about these things. And to me, you know, probably you would have gathered I'm quite open about these things, right? I, I, I talk to my friends about these things and I just, I have this annoying, you know, I'm like, well, if I talk about it, everyone talks about it. But no, 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 no. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? What do you actually talk about to people? You're talking about this stuff to your friends. So why wouldn't you then talk about it yeah. out there? Like, why are we pretending this is not what we talk about? I just think for too long, men, men, you know, I, I, I don't want to sound men bashing, male bashing, but like they've just had the license to do whatever the fuck they want. And I just think women, you know, our, our time is now and I think we shouldn't show any signs of stopping and we should just continue. I wanted to ask you about your male listeners. Like, do you guys get male listeners? We do get male listeners. Obviously we get the trolls, but we get some really lovely people sliding into our DMs. Some of them saying, Oh. Being really like fucking freshy as fuck, Shahrukh Khan. Oh, baby, darling, I got like a two very erect dick pics with a very. Oh. oh my god, they were so veiny and throbby. You're sort of like sort of mesmerized, like oh god, this is this is this has Ugh. been this has served me more in my sex education than actual sex education in school. Like, honestly, they were just like, Oh my erect. God. What does it mean if they're veiny and throbby that they're taking drugs? Well, no, well, it was just very erect. It's just very erect. It was just very, very erect and very like in the throes <laughs> what of- What the hell, Rod? Wow, oh wow. Going back, so we get trolls and then a few dick pics here and there. And then men saying, thank you so much for this. Like, you know, like po positive messages of support. So, and are those men brown? Those those men, they tend to, some tend to be brown, but not that much, actually. Black guys, oh, white no. guys, a, a few oh, Asian no. guys, but not that many Asian guys. I was like, oh, look, brown progressives. <laughs> wow. No, they're not. They're just, they're ones that want to be with you. They're fetishized you. I always message back and say, thank you so much for your support. 
thank you. And because I think, especially to those men, especially to those brown men who reached out and could be bothered to A, listen, and then B, message me to say, hey, I rate this. I'm like, well. Okay, they exist, everybody. They exist. They're there. They exist. You heard it here on Thank You Next. They fucking exist. They're out there. They're there. We can find there. these, uh, I don't know, hidden treasures? What the fuck hidden are they? Hidden treasures, hidden gems, I don't know, hidden rubies. I, I fucking had no idea, mate. Um, but they're there. Uh, there's not that many of them, though. <laughs> but yeah, they are. Gotta they get them exist. quickly. Gotta, <laughs> gotta snap them up. Gotta get them quick. <laughs> Raj, they're all left for you, mate. What are you saying Thank You Next to? I'm saying thank you next to shaming women because we're done with it. Thanks, but uh, next. We're going to get on to your third lesson. So one taught me... Do your own thing. Do your own thing. Do your own thing. Do your own thing. Yeah, it goes back to the happiness thing, really. It's all bloody interconnected. Know who you are and that will take time. You're not going to wake up and be like, hey, I'm this person. But do your own thing. And it's not that deep. God, when I was, in my, when I was growing up, I was like angsty, anguish. Just, I needed to take a fucking chill pill, man. It's not that deep. Like, just have fun. It's okay. Don't worry. Did you do that with your work? How did that come about? From what we've spoken about, your job is quite creative and it's a lot of your personality. Have you always been kind of like, oh, I'm going to do my own thing when it comes to your work? No, not at all. I was a fucking pussy, oh man. Um, I was... Okay. We all have a lot of personality, but I think what the industry does is it selects which personality it wants to let shine. So very quickly, you have to adapt, code switch, go into a box and be like, well, everyone else before me does it this way, so I got to do it this way. So it's not really you, do you know what I mean? So it took me eight years. I started in TV in 2013, so I can't do maths, but I don't know, figure that out. Eight years? Eight years. Eight years, right, eight years. And so um, I I didn't know how to do my own thing, not at all. When did we see people like us doing their own thing, except Anita Rani? And she was doing Country Files for ages before before she was given Woman's Hour. Like, she was only given Woman's Hour. And the other one, Connie Hook. Connie, you always talk about Connie Hook. You know, honestly, like, I, and this is what I always say to Hardy, like, I always used to model myself on just white women or black women. And it was always like Denise Van Outen or, you know, anyone that had a personality that kind of reminded me a bit of me. Yeah, Davina McCall. Uh, it's interesting. In my career, it's only now I'm like personality entertainment. Before that, I was like very much current affairs. So I'd obviously, and probably brown women are better represented in news and current affairs, aren't we? A hundred percent. Who said this to me? Tina Dahili said this to me. And she was just like that. She used to work at E4. She used to be in production at E4. And she was like, there was a massive problem because people used to openly say to her, Asians can't do entertainment. Brown people can't do entertainment. They and like it still exists. Like there's still no brown entertainment person out there. No, like, no. Who 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 is your Asian Fern Cotton, Claudia Winkleman, Tess Daly, Tavina McCall? Who are the who are these people? Holly Willoughby. The Daily Mail loves Holly Willoughby. Who's your Asian Holly Willoughby? Do you know what I mean? There ain't one. There ain't one. So exactly. So I was very much like current affairs. Do that because. It's easy to get into. I've got a degree. In, I've got a master's in journalism. Um, there was too many of us already. Oh, wow. We were already oversaturated. So it's like, well, not that I'm knocking myself or the other women, but I wasn't that dissimilar to them. You know, unless I'm bringing something completely different to the table. And it's only brown girls do it too that's made me realise, fuck this. I've been chasing the current affairs and the serious journalism for so long. I've been hustling. I've been knocking on doors. They've not fucking looked at me. Clearly sex sells. So I'm not I'm not saying I'm going to keep on at it with the sex, but like, just just... <laughs> Just be me, you know? So it's it's taken, Hardy, it's taken so fucking long to kind of, you know, 
rebaptize mm. myself and, and I'm still figuring out who I am I mean you, you know it's like I, I'm not I'm not saying I'm, I've got an identity crisis but I'm like where is my voice where do I fit into who am I what kind of programs do I want to you know what kind of things do I want to I was talking to Raj yesterday what kind of programs do I want to pitch I want to direct I love directing so it's taken eight years it has taken eight years and those opportunities would I'd constantly get passed over I mean I, I, my other one taught me is be resilient as fuck in this industry Jesus Christ because I've had more no's in my career than yeses. And at one point, not that I was going to give it all up and become a teacher or some shit, but like at one point you're like, what? I would have. <laughs> and what you, because you're just like, I, you're so exhausted and tired all the time. You're just like, oh my God, another rejection. I don't yeah. know. Like, and, and don't get me wrong. I love proving people wrong. I love saying I told you so. I get a massive kick off that. But at one point I was like, what am I, what, like, what am I doing here? Who am I helping? Mm. Um, hmm. be resilient be resilient in work be resilient in life in love in relationships just just have a, have a thick skin and again you, you grow into that skin it doesn't happen overnight and you get rejections and you learn from it and you build from it with your doing your own thing kind of links to your what we were chatting about about age because I think you're saying it's taken eight years I've noticed a lot of the successful women that I look up to are over the age of 30 that aren't like influencers or whatever because they really know themselves and they've taken that time to do that work, perfect their craft and get good at what they do. The, the confidence that you get beyond 30, I'm just like, oh, give that to me. Get, I wish I had that in my 20s. Do you know what I mean? Like, I wish I was just... Because you just, you do give zero fucks. You do call things out. You are, you know, you hold people to account. You just don't care anymore. You don't, you don't want to walk into a room and have everyone like you. I actually enjoy people not liking me because it's like, you're going to learn to fucking love me later. So it's all good. I like yeah, that. backfire on them, man. That's good. Rubina said um, when she first met me, she was, because I, I like to think that I'm, um, in my twenties, I was a shower. So I would peacock and I'd show off and be the loudest. But in, and, but in my, but in my thirties, I'm a grower. So you don't necessarily love me when you first meet me only because I'm just very loud but you then realize wow she's a Bengalian she'll take a fucking bullet for you and you learn to love me but Rubina was like no you are a shower and a grower because <laughs> I was obviously loud as fuck I mean it's good because that's what your job is you know you, that's what you need but sometimes I've, I think also I've learned to um know when to be quiet you, you know you have to turn it down a notch you have to you have to that's another skill for extroverts you have to know when to shut the fuck up and definitely listen, always listen, always, always be listening. Two ears, one mouth. To right? other people, always. There you go. I had I had an epiphany with your podcast, actually, as you guys made me self-reflect. I was just like, this is why everyone has a podcast, right? Because when you think about it, podcasts are very tribal. They're very, they can be niche. They serve a community. It's only because we've not seen ourselves or heard our stories or heard our narrative in, reflected in TV, which is why... There's a golden age in podcasts, right? Because there's something in it for everyone. And I was just like, that is exactly why my nanny and daddy. So true. But what I'm saying is every everyone has a fucking podcast these days because it's like, you don't see yourself in, reflected in TV. You don't see your story, your experiences, none of that shit. It's only last year we had I May Destroy You, possibly one of oh like, my fucking God. masterpiece in fucking TV 100%. making. 100%. Holy shit. It was just like, blue my... To, to this day, I'm like, this is probably one of, if not the best thing I've seen on telly. And that was what, 2020 and a fucking pandemic. Um, and that's why there's an explosion. Like I look at, you know, I'm looking on um, 
Acast, I'm looking on Spotify, BBC Sounds, everyone's on it, everyone, Eve, I think the tide is changing, but it's obviously not changing fast enough, I'm very fucking impatient, I don't know how you girls feel about the whole, like, are you seeing a difference, are you seeing anything, what's going on? No. Not for brown people, no. I don't see anything. I don't see any changes. I don't see anyone wanting to tell our stories how we want them told or reflect whatever. Or why isn't there a gobby fucking brown presenter out there? Like, why isn't there? I just don't get it. Even to the... I just don't get it. You exist. You! You exist! Hardeep exists! No. All both of you! You exist. You're on a BBC fucking platform, yeah? You're on the Asian network. You're doing all this stuff. Where are these fuckers? Like, why is no one saying, oh, put her on a mainstream slot on... uh, I don't know, a Radio 1 or put her somewhere else or, oh, why are we not making a TV show with her? Like, she's good to look at as well. Like, you know, I'm just like, and we know she can talk. Oh, and she's got this current affairs background. Oh, we could do this, this, this with her. Like, where are you, industry? What's going to happen? We're going to create places for ourselves in this industry ourselves and we're going to prove all these other places that should have been given us platforms that should have been given us opportunities to be redundant. And that's where I just have to say thank you next to those motherfuckers. That's what I want to say. Thank you, Raj. <laughs> no one's going to hire me. No one's <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. I don't want your job. Thank you, next. Poppy, you've blessed us with so much knowledge today. I don't know. I feel, like, I feel like I've been ranting and not really accrediting my sources. Like, oh, this one woman told me. I was like, oh, well, who's... We'll find the sources, hopefully. If you Google them, the sources will come. If someone is struggling to find their own way to do their own thing what advice do you have for that person i would say to that person get a piece of paper just just write down and get into the habit of writing down things that you like things that you love things that you're passionate about podcasts like this one that that gets you excited build a fucking mind map of the things that you enjoy seeing, hearing, talking about. What the fuck are you talking about in your group chats with your mates? Like, what gets you going? Once you've figured out, oh, these are the things I like watching and these are the things I'd like to work on and these are the things I'd like to, you know, pitch and da-da-da-da, then actually get up off your ass, meet like-minded individuals, like the Rajas, like the Hardeeps in the world, and collaborate. This is a creative industry. There is no I, it's we. You know, group chat in any fucking thing I do. I'm a, I'm, I'm production, that's my bread and butter. I'm not on screen presenting, you know, my bread and butter is production. I know a show or a presenter is it's only as good as the fucking production team. Uh, they are, they make that show, right? So meet people, collaborate, pitch ideas. I wish I'd shown, and this is really me showing myself up here, um, I was lazy, man. I'm not gonna lie. Like, I'm uh, not all lazy. I work fucking hard, but with the whole on-screen thing, and I'm really embarrassed to say this. I was like, well, I'm I'm clever, and like, I've got nice teeth and nice hair, so like, someone's gonna pick me. Like, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna get selected. Like, awful. I'm so embarrassed to say this, by the way. And it took me so long to be like, wake the fuck up, Poppy. You need to hustle. You need to pitch ideas. The days where you you're not fucking. You know what? You know what it is? I realised I wasn't white and blonde and that is never going to happen to me. Yeah, that is never going to happen to me. You know, the days where you could give a little mixtape and you could be like, oh, hey, exec, do you want to look at this little presenting reel I've done? Those days are gone, right? You look at all these young guys, Chunks, the Myers of the world, all these guys, they started their own thing on YouTube, they're, they're building their own brand and I just learnt that too late, but it's never too late. Yeah, it's never too late. I wish I picked it up eight years ago, but I'm doing it now, right? It's, it's, it's literally never too late. And I would say, start being very analytical about the things that you want to do. 
then start making connections with people in the industry who are like-minded and then be active in like, this production company makes this, this production company makes that. Start pitching, start networking, start meeting people. And learn how to protect your ideas because that's fucking important. But what else was I going to say is like, one thing from everything you're saying is that you have to be willing to take risks, right? T taking risks, being fearless. And again, going back to it, it's all connected uh, and being resilient because you will just throw tomatoes at a wall and something will stick. And don't be upset if your 10 ideas don't go through. Something will. You just have to keep at it. You really do. It's fucking hard work. You know, it, it's, it's not easy. It is hard work. Have you read Paulo Coelho's The Alchemist? Oh my God, you need to read it. It's so good. But it's just like, there's a saying in it. And it's like, you. there's seven steps to get to where you want to get to. And usually by the time you're on the sixth step, the person gives up, but they don't know that the next step is actually going to get them to where they need to go. It's just that thing of like, you have to keep going. I basically, I'm mentoring someone at the moment and I'm just giving them advice that I just give myself. Like I wish I had someone, she's 28. So so I'm. it's not like I'm like heaps of experience above her. I'm literally just in front of her in terms of experience. And it's, I hope it's helpful for her, but I'm like, I wish, I wish someone had just given me this stuff. But she's lucky to have you, man. I'm lucky to have her. Like I just, I know she, she's absolutely brilliant. And it's that classic thing with the, you know, with ethnic minority communities. It's like, I don't like confidence. I've always had confidence, but it's something that I see in other, in other people, you know? And it's just like, I don't know, it's sort of inbuilt in us to be like ambitious, but don't be too ambitious because you're going to get married and have kids, you know? Like, it's like that, um, that, that feminist quote in the Beyonce track. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes. What yes, is yes. it again? Do you know? Yeah. What? I can't remember what it is. Uh, yeah, well, listen Don't to that Beyonce song. Don't be too ambitious. Like blah blah blah. Yeah. Blah, blah. Listen to the Beyonce yeah. song because she um, sampled it. <laughs> There's a real. Yeah. 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 Sorry, I can't. Um, I can't pronounce. I can't the pronounce the name, so name either. It's in my head, but I don't want to mispronounce yeah. it. Yeah. So just... I can see that. I yeah. I can see the spelling, but um, sorry, sorry. I really should have come on. No, don't be silly. <laughs> Poppy, you came with everything you needed. Thank you so much because you you did shed a lot of knowledge and a lot of uh, quotes that I couldn't attribute to anyone <laughs> sorry it's brilliant but you can google the quote just google the quote guys It'll, whoever said it will come up. It's fine. <laughs> we live in a world of google you don't even need to say who said it anymore like why would you do that <laughs> you don't gotta do that thanks for sharing your stories with us man we appreciate it always my pleasure and you have inspired me to listen to ariana grande on my walk so thank oh my you. god yeah amazing she's amazing thank you so much for keeping it real like you know like you do on group chat because you actually did keep it real real as fuck maybe a bit too real thank you next thank you for listening to this episode of thank you next make sure you share this episode with someone who has a brown girl fetish because there was three of us this time Please don't send us any dick pics. I don't want to see veiny dicks. I know Poppy saw some, but that, is that your thing, Hardy? My thing? Nah. Uh, <laughs> You're not sure. No. <laughs> it's dry out here, remember? Anyway. Um, Depends what colour the veins are. <laughs> I don't want a dick. I want a... Actually, I'm not going to say it. Right. <laughs> what do you want? A spoon? I want love. I want love. Okay, that's really deep. Shit, man. Man, them out here are getting deep. Okay. Make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss another episode of the podcast. You can do that very easily, by the way, on Acast, Spotify, Apple, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We'll be back next week with more shit. We want to say thank you next to. Make sure you let us know what you're saying thank you next to. Email us or leave a voice note at hi thank you next podcast at gmail.com. Or you can DM us on the socials. We're thank you next pod on Insta. TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, 
and YouTube. If you want to like look at our posts that went viral, semi-viral on TikTok and add a disturbing trolling comment to it. No, don't. You write something nice. If you want to troll me, fam, like I'm going to log in. I'm going to start replying to the fucking trolls. You're not going to. I'm actually surprised you haven't. Hardy was literally like, do not reply. I was like, okay, fine. Would you have? You wouldn't have, would you? I probably would have, innit? But there's nothing to say to these people. No, no, innit? No, I don't. No, yeah, I guess there's nothing to say. I don't know. It's just who has energy to reply to, to like non-entities? I don't. Actually, hypothetically speaking, if you were in my situation where I got trolled earlier this year, what would you have done? L- exactly what I did this week. Let it bother me for an hour and then do that thing, whatever I did. I don't know how I did it, to be honest. And then just be like, that's it. We move, you know? Because they are non-entities. The problem, the thing that happens is like, we give trolls all this power when we give them, yeah, when we give them the power to make us feel, impact our feelings and how we feel. Who are they even? They are non-entities. They are nobodies. They are just ghosts. They're just out there on the internet saying whatever they said. Come and say it to my face, bitch. I'll shut you up now. Right, so that's Raj's uh, disclaimer to the trolls on the internet. I think that's it. We'll leave you with that. Tell me I'm butters to my face. All right, all right. See you later, guys. Bye. At least she said bye. Thank you. Next. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.